praise Him tonight. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Please welcome up, And everyone could please be seated. And we just sang the words, He is high and lifted up. And those uh, words are found in uh, uh, the words of Elijah the prophet. And on the, uh, the day that one of his closest friends, Uzziah, died, uh, God gave him a vision. And in the vision he said, I saw the Lord and he was high and lifted up. A modern translation, God's still on the throne and prayer changes things. Amen. Amen. And praise God. <laughs> hey, in just a moment, let's continue our worship by giving God our tithes and our offerings. And as we prepare to do that, uh, I just want to share with you something from this morning. I mean, God has plans for this evening. And I think they're going to be a continuation of some of his plans from this morning. And if you uh, had not had the opportunity to attend this morning, let me say welcome tonight. Uh, we're going to serve a God that touches people's hearts. This morning, as Pastor Tony shared the word, 21 people responded to that invitation and gave their hearts to Christ. Amen. And at the same time, we sent Pastor Chuck over to a, a sister church where he got to share the word of the Lord with them. And uh, he said in their uh, third service, uh, as he gave the invitation, a couple people began to repeat the prayer of receiving Christ out loud. And as he got to the second line, more people began to pray. And to the third line, and by the time he got to the fourth line of people dedicating their hearts to the Lord, everyone in the auditorium was praying it out loud. So God's moving tonight. <laughs> Let's dedicate our tithes and offerings unto the Lord. Would you bow? with me and pray. God, as we bow before you, we want to first and foremost say thank you. God, that you give unto us everything that we need for this life. And so, Father, as we give unto you, it's our way of showing our appreciation of really dedicating our own hearts to you. And so, God, as you receive, Father, we pray that you would accomplish spiritual things with our gift. We pray that more and more people would find Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. And yet others in the church would grow strong in their faith, Lord, and begin to serve you in accordance with their gifts. And so that's why we're giving, God, and expecting you to accomplish great things. For we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I want to invite the ushers to come and receive the evening tithes and offerings. As they do, you received a program when you came in, and I want to share just three things that are just exciting in the life of our church. One of those is this, that in July, uh, about the third week of July, this campus for the entire week is filled with young children from the age of three all the way up through sixth grade. And how many of you remember when you were young how magical life was, but if you add to it the dynamic of God's spirit in a vacation Bible school, it literally can be life-changing. And that's what's going to happen for literally thousands of children who come onto this campus uh, and experience Vacation Bible School. One of the neat things is we have a tremendous uh, staff that serves with our uh, children. But this uh, summer, there's an opportunity for every one of us to be a part of Vacation Bible School. Inside your program is a flyer that looks like the one I'm holding up. It has an eye on there that's really cute and everything. Um, but on the back is some very important information. There's a way for every one of us to participate in uh, Vacation Bible School. I signed up last week. This is your opportunity, maybe tonight, to take a step and be part of what God's doing in the lives of uh, children. Last week, I decided this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be part of the teardown crew. Uh, at the end of each evening, I'm going to put stuff away. I'm good. I think it's my spiritual gift. The second thing I'm going to do is I'm going to go out and buy a case of bottled waters. Yeah, it's on the list. It's number six. Hey, what could you do? Begin to pray about it, and if God touches your heart, sign up even tonight or next Sunday uh, with the children's ministry. Well, next week, it's going to be different, isn't it? 
Yeah, some of you go on, it sure is. Uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, take this evening service, and it's going to have a little bit different flavor. It's going to be the same message as Sunday morning, but it's going to start a half hour earlier with the opportunity to really reach out to uh, some of our family and friends who otherwise couldn't come on a Sunday morning, and it's going to be amazing. But also, there'll be the opportunity, if you want to gather for community and maybe some family time, there'll be an incredible meal served ahead of time. And that's why inside your bulletins is a card that says 53531. Service starts at 5.30 p.m., and next week is 5.31, May 31st. Well, at that time, Chuck is going to share an incredible message. It's going to be a three-week series uh, that talks about level four finances. You know, on your uh, dollar bills inside your wallets or your purses, it says, in God we trust. But do we? We're going to find out what it's like to uh, live for God with our finances, and we're also going to find out the answer to something else. Can God trust me? And so, uh, you know, begin to uh, invite and uh, extend cards like this as an invitation to friends. Well, now I want to tell you what's going to happen for the rest of the evening because I really believe we're in the exact right place at the right time to continue what God started this morning. Uh, tonight's service is very special, uh, and, and we're really inviting God to lead and to guide in a number of ways. But I want to decode for you uh, what's going to happen during the next several minutes. You know, we're going to continue to sing worship songs. When Christians sing worship songs, it's really prayers set to music, isn't it? I mean, that's what we're doing. And I want to encourage you to do something, to be more open to hearing God than ever before in the midst of you speaking truths about God in song. And, and as you do that, we're going to make our way through some songs. And then uh, there are going to be others that step up. And they're going to lead us in prayers that direct all of our prayers to the same point. And I want you to just pour yourself into those and allow the Holy Spirit to carry you along. And then we're going to make our way toward that uh, holy moment where we remember that all of this is possible because Jesus Christ went to the cross. That moment of communion, remembering that his body was broken, his blood was shed. There is power in the blood of Christ. And then there's going to be an incredible time. And Pastor Chuck will tell you a little bit more about it. But it will be the opportunity for each one of us with a need to step out and receive prayer from another individual and to be anointed if we choose with oil that is the Bible way of showing symbolically that we're inviting the Holy Spirit of God to take control of our lives and our situations. Uh, we serve a God of miracles, one who literally intervenes in the physical laws of this world and changes things. And so that's what we're gonna invite him to do. Uh, whatever it is on our hearts in the area of maybe finances, maybe our physical well-being. It, it may be something in the area of our family and friends or relationship. God can make the difference if we'll invite him. And so that's what we'll be doing. I want you to quietly, if you would, stand to your feet as we prepare to sing again a prayer unto God. And let me lead you in this prayer. Heavenly Father, as we stand before you, we praise you because we have the opportunity to exercise faith tonight. Belief in a God who is powerful and able and loving and wants to work in our lives. And so we invite you to do it in Jesus' name. Amen. Like Luke said, we're about to go into an extended time of worship and prayer. And I want to encourage you guys that if you have something that's maybe distracting you, or, you know, I've been in your place and you sit there and you're kind of several songs in and you're thinking about what you're going to be doing after the service. I encourage you to just let that go and let God just come and reveal something new to you tonight. He has you here, like he said, for a purpose. And don't miss out on the chance to connect with the Creator tonight. As you sing these songs, take it from deep within 
and lift up the praises that he so deserves. Amen. Sing a thousand times. A thousand times I fail. Your mercy remains. Should I stumble again, I'm caught in your grace. Everlasting, your light will shine when all else fades. Never ending, your glory goes beyond.
mighty work, Father. Thank you, God. Savior, I come my soul. Amen. Redemption's here. Oh, no. 
You may be seated. Doug mentioned what happened with uh, Chuck this morning, and it was uh, amazing to hear the way God used him at Parkcrest. It's interesting that what, when, when, what he said, when that happens, when, when people begin to step out and begin to believe and begin to trust the Lord, and then the church steps and stands beside them and rallies, that's when the community of God becomes real in powerful ways. And that's precisely what we're doing tonight. We're coming together and saying, okay, Lord, you know, there is a lot going on in my life, and maybe not if me, there's other people in this room who have a lot going on, and God, we're coming together to say, you know, Lord, this is your, your night, but also we're asking that your hand move in our family, in our community. And we sang that cross, lead me to the, we sang that song, lead me to the cross. And it all comes down to a group of people who say, I am not concerned with myself. Rid me of this and let me see you and you only. And when we do that, that form of surrender enables the Holy Spirit to step in and begin to grab people and begin to do amazing things. But it all starts with the ability to say, you know what, I know that we live in a society and in a culture that is full of lies and illusion and deceit. There are things that we have been told to believe, things that we believe to be true sometimes, and when we step out of that, we go, God, no more do I want that. Show me yourself. Bring clarity to my mind. Don't let, me, don't let me get caught up in the lies and the stuff that I'm being told. And you know how it is. You come on a Sunday and you get excited for the Lord and you see his truth. And then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, it all begins to fade. And then you feel like you need that spiritual recharge. And there comes a moment as believers where we stop and we say, no more. Every single day I will wake up and, and put off the old life and put on the new one. In Romans chapter 1 verse 24 there's this simple verse that Paul states where he writes to these, this, this church, and it ended up being a cyclical letter and something that we hold on to today, that, that we hold on to, because he says, stop buying into the lies. Stop letting society and culture dictate who you are. And in verse 24 of Romans 1, he says, God gave them over to their lust, meaning people from the past, to their hearts of impurity so that their bodies would be dishonored among them. For they had exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is to be blessed forever. Now there's a lot there when we come together on a night of worship, isn't there? The reality of falsehood and lies and deceit, the reality as we sit here of these illusions that we live under and you say, Tony, I'm not sure that we do. No, let me actually say that. Our society and people lie to us and say that success is measured by wealth and job and status. The idea that money will make me safer. That love is a feeling. That I need to be trained for God to use me. The lies and the illusions that say my past means I'm not qualified. Or my opportunity is limited to education, knowledge, or even talent. It's interesting when we step out of those lies of society and humanity and then we step into this amazing grace and power and truth of God that those illusions begin to fade away and realize when I worship the king, I am empowered by the king. When I worship the creator, I am given gifts by the creator. When I worship him, I am a part of a family and a body and a kingdom that has lived for thousands of years and will reign in eternity because the king loves me and he will use me. In verse 25, what he says is the truth of God for a lie. And he says, and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator. There's the difference here of the suedos in the Greek, which is something fake, a falsehood, an illusion. He says, instead, you worship the creator, the king, the originator. 
Let's stop for a second and let's look at each of those illusions. And I want to ask you, if you sit here and say, that might be me, have you realized the realities that God wants you to know and have tonight? The promises of the Creator. The love of the Creator. You see, success isn't measured by wealth, job, and status, but by your positive impact in the lives of the people around you. Money will not make your life safer. 100% commitment to God will make your life a whole lot more adventurous, actually. Love is not a feeling. Love is a decision to act in the best interest of someone else. You do not need to be trained for God to use you. You need to be ready for the great God to use you. Your past does not disqualify you from serving or helping. Your past gives you wisdom to begin helping. Your opportunity is not limited to education and knowledge and talent. Your opportunity, if you sit here tonight, is unlimited by prayer and diligence and the very hand of the living God. This last week on a Wednesday, we had planned to bring uh, one of our girls, Nicole Schultz, and have her sit here in this seat. And it was going to be what we felt would be a love explosion as we had found out that our sister had, uh, you know, contracted or was um, right now has leukemia. And some of you were here for that. Some of you saw what happened. And an hour before service began, we got the call from the doctors who said, Nicole's just not going to be able to make it. Her body's beginning to break down. Her blood counts are too low. She has no immunity. And so we can't let her out. She'd have to wear a mask anyway. But she was actually in bed that night. She sent us a video of how much she wanted us to know her love amidst her pain and trial. But she came into my office the day before so we could meet and talk through the service. And it was hard that whole night on Wednesday to see this chair kind of empty because, you know, everyone had rallied and, and helped, to try, <laughs> helped try to pay for her $6 million medical bills and helped try to uh, buy her a MacBook so that she could watch Generate Online. But as we began to, to, to pray that night, and I, I remember I talked to her and I said, Nicole, please tell me, is there anything that you want said tomorrow? And she began to describe the whole story of what she'd been through. And a lot of you are sitting here and you're in the same place where you have health issues and issues. And you know what? She didn't once cry as she told me about the idea that she wanted to be able to raise her, her little brother, her little sister. She didn't start to cry at all as we talked when she said, man, I just want to get married. She said, you know, the doctors have given me about a 30% chance to live. At the very end of our conversation, the moment that she began to cry was when she looked at me and she said, you know, Tony, here's the thing. It's one thing to say you give it all for Jesus. It's one thing to say that you surrender everything and you live 100% as a passionate world changer and a level four Christian. She said, that's until you have a time frame on your existence. She said, when you stand on the other side of terminal illness, potentially, she said, all of a sudden, you realize what it meant for Jesus to go to the cross. You realize the difference of him having his hands forced to the nails and instead him letting his hands go to the nails. She said, there's a difference in truly laying your life down. And she began to cry as she said, my only prayer is that all the people in the world who suffer from a disease like this that don't have my love and support would find it somewhere. Her prayer, the same as our Lord Jesus Christ, her heart was in tears for others, not herself. She did not live under the illusion of success and wealth and of health. She lived under the reality of the mighty king who wanted her to love people. 
And a lot of times in church, we hear these sayings like, well, you guys talk too much about numbers. Do you know why we talk so much about numbers? Do you know why we come together and pray that God will take this group right here and take us to change the world? Because every single one of those numbers is a Nicole. Every single number is a soul that God loves and that he wants to move in. Every single one of those numbers can be this young child who's three that when you travel to Africa and you hold him has dying of HIV but experiences love for the first time because of what Crossroads did. Every single time we talk about a number, it's because there was a woman who came in broken and before she had the truth of Jesus, her husband leaving her would have destroyed her, but now she has a plan and a purpose because the community and the family of Crossroads surrounds her. Every single one of those numbers could be these young people who have a health or a terminal issue or someone who's retired and sits in a home somewhere and never has someone to love them and talk to them. Part of being a passionate world changer is giving and caring for others. And as we sit here tonight, we're about to go into a time of prayer where we're simply going to say, if you're sitting here, we're going to ask that you pray with us about the world. You pray with us about Corona and about California. Pray with us about the people in need, the people who are hurting, but begin to ask for the lost. Begin to ask that God will begin to move in souls and that we will see a resurgence of passion and revival. That this last two years that have been phenomenal at Crossroads will only be the beginning as God begins to anoint and empower each one of us to step out and change the world. I'm gonna ask that Jesse Barnes come up with me right now and both of us are gonna step forward and we're gonna lead in a prayer and we're gonna ask that you join us in this. You join us in the call to change lives. Please pray. Father, I know that a lot of times I live under the illusions and the lies that society puts on me. That somehow the, the, the fabricated uh, idealisms of, uh, of a Hollywood culture and her misguided friends, all, you know, all of that begins to consume me and the shallowness of it. But Father, I pray tonight that as we gather as a family, we will begin to put on the reality and truth that comes from worshiping the Creator. That every single soul matters. God, that every single person has a name and a heartbeat and that you love them intimately. Lord, sometimes even as we hear the screams of a child like that, it's okay to understand, Father, that, that those are similar to the screams of many. Cries that are reaching out as infants, Lord, to something more than themselves. Cries that are reaching out to a, a hopefully loving God. And, and, and so many people live in darkness. They don't know where you are. And Father, we want to bring that hope to them so that as a father, you may step down and pick them up in their arms and you may embrace them in your love. May we be the beginning of a revival that takes your kingdom to the world in places that have no, right now not had hope. We may, we, may, we may right now just be the beginning of understanding your truth and your prospect. Lord, we, may we, even as we leave tonight, begin to grasp in an ever new way your Holy Spirit's power, confessing our sin, confessing our shallowness, and inviting you in to do amazing things. May our lives be a living offering, God, an offering that is sacrificed and laid out at the altar of your love that so many see so that their deserts and their darkness, their cold places, their lonely roads, God, will lead back to you, our great King, our Savior.
Lord God, right now I come before you, Lord, and I just pray for this church, Lord. I pray that uh, we would just become that church that you've desired us to be. We would step out, God, and you would just put within us a fire, God, just a burning passion to change this world for your name, Lord. I pray that you would just... Uh, instill within us, God, a love for others, a love for um, the people in our church who are hurting God, a love for um, kids and people in different countries who are hurting God. I pray that we would be the church, Lord, again, that just steps out and we do what you've called us to be. God, I pray that we would be the church that is the Joshua 1-9 church, that we are strong and courageous, that we do the mighty things that you called us to do, God. I pray that you would begin to lead and guide us, Lord. I pray that you would show each one of us, God, the plan for our life. Because from the beginning of time, you have chosen us to be a passionate world changer. You have chosen us to do something amazing for your name, God. And I pray you would show us that path right now. I pray that you would just begin to move in our hearts, God, and just instill within us just a passion to serve and change your world, God. We just love you so much, and we pray these things in your name. Amen. I'll stand. We're going to continue this time of worship. You call my name, reached out your hand, restored my life, and I was redeemed the moment you entered my Guys, sing it out, Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace, Christ gave that day. My life was changed. Went from my shoulders, fell the weight of my sin. If that brings joy, just sing it out. So it's with everything I am I reach out for your hands The hope for change The second chance I've gained On you I throw my life Casting all my fears aside How could greater love than this Ever possibly
lifted higher. So let your name be lifted higher. Lift the name of Jesus. Lifted higher. Come on. Be lifted higher. So let your name be the Lord. You can be seated for just a moment. Man, I'll tell you what, I have really, really fallen in love with uh, all of you in this church and all that God is doing here. And uh, tonight I've really been praying about what's God going to do in this night. And so let me tell you where we're headed right now. We're going to, in a few minutes, uh, have a time of anointing and prayer over people. And it's interesting to me that Jesus, when he entered the temple a second time to cleanse it, he uh, drove out the, the people who were literally turning it into a den of thieves. And he stood and they said, why are you doing this? And he said, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you've made it a den of thieves. Now we know that God does not live in a temple made by human hands. But God chose to visit himself in Jerusalem in an amazing way. And, and now today, in this time, God has chosen to do something even more remarkable He's chosen to visit himself inside the heart of every single person who really loves him. And he looks at you and he looks at me and he looks at his church and he says, this is my temple. By the way, a temple not made by human hands. But then I ask that question in my mind, you know, are we a house of prayer? And, and does God, before he does his work need to do some cleansing because that day that Jesus stood in the temple and he cleansed the temple then it says then he began to do the healings he would do and so I want to ask you tonight where are you at with God are you totally his are you devoted to him are you his completely and then what's God going to do uh, whenever I, I find the person who feels called into the ministry, I, I almost always say, well, I want to ask you, do you really feel like you want to be a pastor? And they're usually, oh, they're brimming over it. Then I'll say, well, I want to take you to the most spiritual place around. And they'll, I mean, it really is. It's a place where people really think about God maybe more than any other. And you know where that is? It's a hospital. And not too long ago, uh, there was a pastor and, and he really felt called. And I said, come on, let's go. And and we walked in and we just began to visit with people and pray with people. And man, I'll tell you, there's an amazing focus on prayer there. And, and then we're walking the hallway and I hear someone scream my name and I look into a room and there's this guy. I had tried at different times to talk to him about the Lord. He never had time. And he, he's kind of this big motorcycle guy. He was wearing the colors and the, the leathers and, 
And, and he's standing there looking at me and I walked over to him and he, I could tell, man, he was ready to burst into tears. His son, his son also was facing leukemia. And he said, Chuck, would you stop and pray? And I said, oh man, I would. And uh, we laid hands and we prayed for his son. And then I looked over at him and I said, do you really want God to answer prayer? And he said, yeah. And I said, well, you already know your son's prayer for you. Why are you waiting? He started to cry. And that day he did. He made his commitment to Christ. We actually held hands. And his son, his son in that moment got to hold hands with his dad and listen to his father pray and give his life to Christ. I, uh, I've had times in my life where God revealed himself to me. And that was one. It seems like hospitals are places I can look at where God's done that. And I, he did it when I held my grandson. I sensed him. He did it when I was standing at Kaiser and Riverside in a room not far from there where my father was uh, in immense pain and, and, and going to end up dying. But he was in such pain. We, we, we stopped praying for healing. We started asking God just to take him. I'll never forget a night I stood there and I'm praying, God, please. And I just sensed God put his arms around me. And you're ready. He didn't say yes to that. It would be 18 months later that my dad would finally pass away. But I'll never forget the moment of God putting his arms around me like that. There was another time I stood in the hospital with my oldest son who was seven. And they told me he was going to die. And I just lost it. And I felt God's presence then too. Now it's interesting that God chose to heal my seven-year-old then. He had a, a particular condition that caused the nerve to be damaged in his eyes in such a way that they said that he would be legally blind the rest of his life and, and nerves don't grow back. And you know what? Today, my son, his vision's fine. Why did God choose to not heal my dad? And why did he choose to heal my son? And by the way, with a miraculous healing. And I'm not sure, but I can tell you this. I'm sure glad we prayed and talked to God and, and I sensed him in a way you can't imagine. Psalm 34 is one of my all-time favorite psalms. And listen to what it says starting in verse 15. David writes, The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous, and his ears are open to their cry. The face of the Lord is against evildoers to cut off the memory of them from the earth. The righteous cry, and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted, and he saved those with the crushed spirit. God says, you know what? He says, you may sense me in the midst of a celebration, but I want to tell you where I'm going to be close to you is when you've blown it, I'm going to be with you and your spirit's crushed and you can't believe you did it. And I'm going to come and I'm going to love you and I'm going to help heal you. I'm going to be with you when all of a sudden tragedy strikes and you don't understand it. God said, I'll be there in that moment. And uh, here's the question I want to ask you before we go on with anything else tonight. Do you have a relationship with God when the, the life falls apart and pain hits and you throw your arms up and you say, okay, here I am. Do you really know he's there? I mean, not hope he's there, not psych yourself into thinking it. I mean, you know beyond a shadow of a doubt God has just entered that moment because God is near to you when you're brokenhearted and you know it. If you aren't aware of that kind of intimate relationship, I want to tell you tonight he wants it with you. And how do you get that? How do you have God love you like that? The answer is this. You, you pray the prayer that's the most important prayer you could pray. And that is, Father, come into my life and 
take me and I want to be yours completely. I want cleansing. I want to be the temple that's cleansed. God, I, I want to be the one that's yours to use however you choose. I want to live life with you and for you. And you tell God that. So tonight, before we go into the time of anointing, we want to give you an opportunity if you need to commit your life to Christ or recommit your life to him, that you'll do it. Today, uh, Doug alluded to it, and, and it's true. I was in another church, a sister church, an amazing church, and, and I, I went into the time of invitation, and all of a sudden, something happened that was just, I've never since. Man, everybody starts praying the prayer. I know a lot of people already were believers, there's no doubt, but something took over. And I think in that moment, I just got moved like you can't imagine. But I want to tell you, to God, whether we every person here prayed it or only one, it would be just as beautiful. So tonight, if you need to commit your life to Christ and allow him to come and be close to you and intimate with you, close in a loving, caring relationship, if you need that, I'm going to ask you to pray with me right now, right where you're sitting. I'm going to ask you to whisper a prayer with me. I'll, I'll have a time where I pray in the beginning. I'll stop and I'll invite you to do it. Tonight, if you want to give your life to the Lord, if you want to recommit to him, this could be an amazing time for you and him. Let's pray. Father, we praise you and thank you for the way that you love, the way you love us, the way, Lord, that you draw us close, the way, God, you help us in times of joy to, to be captured by your presence. But Lord, even more in that time where our hearts are broken and maybe because we've done something we shouldn't or we're so aware of that and or maybe it's pain that you come and you draw us close to you. And I thank you for that. And I praise you for it. Right now I ask, oh Father in heaven, would you send your Holy Spirit in this place? Would you send your spirit to stir amongst us? God, would you touch every single one of us, including me? And Father, I want to pray especially for, I want to pray especially for someone tonight who may need to give his life to you or her life to you who needs to either commit or recommit and they need to be yours completely. I pray you would stir in their hearts right now and I pray they'd be aware of your presence and I pray they'd want in this moment to have it be an eternally changing moment for them. That They would know you love them and they want to now literally enter the relationship. I want to ask that we keep praying and if you're right with God, I want to ask you to pray for anyone tonight who needs to commit their life to him. But I'm going to lead that prayer right now. And if you want to commit or recommit your life to Christ, and you sense he's, he's stirring inside, you sense it's happening, I'm going to ask you right where you're sitting to pray this with me. So all of you that God's touching, let's just whisper this prayer together. Say these words. And over here too, praise the Lord for you. Say these words. Say, Lord Jesus, I know you love me. And I know you died on the cross to forgive me of my sins to heal me of my hurts, to make me alive, to make me new, and to make me yours. So I open my heart to you. Please fill me with your love and fill me with your spirit and help me be who you have created me to be and to live the life you have for me to live. And this I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Wow, praise God for all of you who prayed that tonight. Praise God for every single one of you.